This is Being Human. I'm your host, Richard Atherton. Luis Gonchlavis. No. <laughs> we tried to do that before the podcast and I got it so wrong. Luis Gonchlavis. Okay. No worries. Right, okay. Gonchlavis. Gonchlavis, there we are. Uh, <laughs> management consultant, an author, businessman. Uh, very excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Richard. Thank you so much for having me here. Super cool to always to have a chat with you, even better to, to be on your podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. So let, let's start with your, your first book, uh, Getting Value Out of Retrospectives. So for mm -hmm. some people listening, uh, they've probably heard the word retrospective before, but perhaps not in a business context. So should we start with that? What What is a retrospective and how did you come to write a book about it? Yeah, sure. So um, for me, a very simple definition of retrospective is just basically having the capacity to stop and, and analyze a bit what you did in the past and, and just analyze it, see where you fail or see where are some where you can improve yourself or your team or your organization and, and just get one, one step further. It does not need to be a very big step, but a very small step and, and, and just learn and learn with your mistakes and, and, and what happened and just take one step further and improve the next time that you do the stuff, you, you will do it in a different way. So for me, it's, it's just a, a way of improve yourself, improve your team, improve your organization. Um, how did I wrote the book? Yeah, that, this is something that uh, I think it's completely against that what everyone else would think. Um, I actually wrote this book with, with Ben Linders, uh, as you know. And it was very, very interesting because I, I was changing emails yesterday with Ben, just on a completely different topic. And, and I was really telling him, I still remember the day that you approached me and invited me to, to write a book with you. Um, and the, the way how everything started was very easy, it was very simple. I started blogging in 2011, 2012, I don't remember anymore. Um, and at that time, um, I myself was, was struggling with retrospectives. I myself was trying to figure out new ways to do retrospectives. So I was studying a lot. I, I was doing a lot of retrospectives because I had a lot of teams at that time. So I started to basically document everything on my blog, new exercises, new ways of doing retrospectives, what, I'm learn what I was learning from retrospectives and, and so on. And at that time, Ben, he was already um, an editor in InfoQ. And he came along and he, he saw my, my blog. And he approached me, hey, Louis, I'm writing a lot about retrospectives as well. I saw that you're writing a lot. How about if you put all, all these small ideas and small thoughts into, into a book? And I will talk with the EFOQ and basically we will get a, a pocketbook published. And that's how everything started. So in a very, very simple way, um, we put a lot of our blogs. So some people actually approached me and said, oh, this, this book looks a little bit like a blog. And actually, it's literally a mixture of my blog and them blog. We put it everything together. We, we rewrote a lot of stuff. And every time we saw that we needed something else, we just tried it. We wrote a blog post in our blogs and we just transformed the blog in, in, into the book, into a chapter of the book. And um, yeah, I, I would never expect that you could actually write a book out of it. But yeah, it happened. The book, it was extremely successful. So there is based on the official numbers and official numbers and so on, there are more than 25,000 copies distributed all over the place. Um, I lost already track how many languages we translated, Ben did a fantastic work on that. I think 
almost 10 languages, translating almost 10 different languages. Ben really did a marvelous job there. He really took the time to, to coordinate all the translation in, in different languages. Yeah, and a lot of people now know the book, which is fantastic. Yeah, because for, before I met you, I was actually using the book at one of my clients, and I hadn't, oh. re hadn't really taken too much notice of the authors. And then I, I met you like a year later, and I, I'm like, oh, you wrote that book. Wow. Yeah. yeah um, no, it's a very simple book uh, and very easy to read. And and your story of how you came to write it reminds me of something that, that David Anderson was asked, who's famous in the, the Lean Kanban <laughs> community. And he... Uh, he was asked, I saw him ask, you know, how did you, how did you, how do you go about writing a book? And he says, well, don't start writing a book, you know, start some, with something smaller, it's start blogging, right? And if you can get into the habit of producing, let's mm -hmm. say one blog a week or one blog a month and, and start small and then, and then worry about writing a book. So, uh, perhaps some, some, some yeah, but I, I fully, I fully agree with, with David. So I, I did not, uh, start a book. So one of, of one of the persons that worked with me in my company yesterday, she was asking, how do I start to write a book? It was exactly her question yesterday when we were come, uh, chatting. And I said, you don't start writing a book, in my opinion. You start blogging. Start with the blog, start with content to the company if you want, or start your own blog, whatever you want. But just get into the habit of writing. And after that, uh, you will be able to identify your own style. You'll be able to identify what you like to write, what you don't like to write. And then you decide what what book you want to write, but I would not. I would not start today, right? So today, I would not. I would. This advice, this, the advice that I'm giving, it's it's what I think. I would start first with blog posts and then go to 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 to, to the different league because writing a book and it's a it, it, it's not an easy task. Hmm. Hmm. And perhaps we'll come on to that because I know that's your yeah. current project. Um. And. And the, the burning question I have with retrospectives and my experience of working with teams, so it's, it, it's a meeting or a session where you, you stop, the team stops, and they, and they take time to reflect on, on how they're mm -hmm. working together, right? And on the one hand, that seems like such an obvious thing to do, and it, it almost common sense that teams ought to do that regularly. And yet, my experience is getting that in the diary and having people actually show up to it. Is, is that one of the hardest things to, to implement as a discipline in a team? Is that something you identify? Yeah, uh, this is completely correct. But, but, but at the end of the day, everything boils down to one very small thing. But small thing, which is the most important thing. Uh, unfortunately, there are not many. So if you, if you take the Scrum Master certification, if you go to proper training, Scrum Agile, Kanban, whatever, um, retrospectives are always a topic that people spend like 20 minutes, half an hour talking about them. There is not much training out there. Um, and there are, there's people like Esther, Diana, Patrick, who a bunch of other people wrote stuff about it, but it's not really something very spread on in the training, from the training point of view. And everything boils down to one big, big thing. I believe there is very small amount of people that actually are able to demonstrate what's the benefit of an agile retrospective to the team. And at the end of the day, it's always the same. If the team does not see the value, if the team does not see how the retrospect will help them, they will not come to the retrospective. We always say we are busy, we are we need to put stuff in production, we are getting salary for the software that we release, and so on, so on, so on. So they will not come to, to the retrospective. So for me, this is the most basic, but the most important thing that, that any facilitator needs to, to solve first. They need to um, find a way to explain how retrospectives are, are, are very important. Um, 
one of one of the basic tricks that I use, and this is again an experienced retrospective facilitators. They try to change the world. They try to solve everything, and then they nothing gets solved. So what I try to to do is is always picking up the most important topic and convince and show the people that we solved one topic. Now we are getting better, and little by little get small victories. And convincing a, a team of a retrospective, the importance of a retrospective is not something that you can get out of five minutes. It takes several weeks because they need to see the result. So really start very, very small. Start really with one small thing that they are struggling with, solve that, and then go to the next one, go to the next one, get to the next one. But uh, to, to summarize everything, yes, it's very hard to, 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 to make it happen. But the main reason from my point of view, from my experience, is because people do not see the value out of it. Right. That, that's actually great advice because I've definitely been experienced retrospectives where you do end up with a kind of laundry list of all of the things that you want to mm -hmm. change and then you segment your time and let's spend five minutes on this and five minutes on that yeah. and you sort of end up so with I, I was I was doing exactly that same mistake when I started and, and now I do not finish retrospectives with more than two topics maximum and sometimes more but it's this kind of stuff oh an action point or oh, please you need to do this or that that's it there is no it's it just something that someone forgot to order whatever or some some very basic stuff that doesn't really demand any reflection or, or any change on the way how we work but if it's something really deep that we need to change the way how we work or we need to implement we need to change uh, yeah different process or whatever then i do not take more than one topic yeah i think that's great advice um especially at the beginning right when people are, yeah you know, and, and, and and there's another thing people and there is another thing that people don't don't really understand so much if you if you change two or three or four five six seven things at the same time right, right you are software development is extremely complex world so if you really want to be serious about learnings if you change five things at the same time you really don't know what change caused what so at the end you simply don't learn anything because you are changing a, a lot of of things and one thing that I experienced many times, sometimes when you change one simple thing, many other things disappear because you are touching a problem that's the root cause of many other things, many other symptoms. So it does not make sense to change three, four, five, six, seven things at the same thing at the same time, because most problems change one very important thing. A lot of the other small things will disappear. Right. And that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, yeah, fantastic. So that was that was your your first book, uh, and I now mm -hmm. know you're onto your your next book project, right? <laughs> <laughs> Organizational mastery, which it sounds very sort of ambitious as a title. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what, what this new project's about? Yeah, and, and and like I said before, five minutes ago, writing a book is a hard one, and, and for me, this organization mastery, it's 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 a project hundred times more challenging, more challenging. Than the previous one because to be very honest the first one was kind of um yeah let's try out let's let's have some fun with it this one i'm addressing executive leaders so this book is really targeting ceos ctos cios management board directors um yeah whatever the the the, the really the people that can have huge impact in the organizations um the the, the book the book appear because I'm developing uh, or, uh, evolution for all on product on approach so I have a very strong opinion I've as you know I've been in agile community since 2004 2005 I already lost track 
Um, I'm kind of very disappointed with where the whole Agile community is going. Um, I think now everyone is trying to solve problems with hugs and fluffy stuff, which I think it's very, very important. Um, the way how you treat people, but I think the whole focus, uh, it's going really away from delivering software and, and making money. Um, of course, on the way, you need to treat people with respect is the most basic thing that you need to have in place. But I think the whole agile community is going the completely wrong direction. Um, I found that implementing agile or doing agile transformations from my experience is applying Scrum in the team level and you just apply Scrum and agile and everything is done via agile. Of course, I know there are very good companies out there, very good agile coach, very good consultants that are actually are much more are doing much more than that. But 99% of the cases what I see is, okay, we want to go to Agile. So we apply Scrum, we hire a Scrum Master, we apply Scrum and we are Agile. And, and, and kind of a lot of the transformations, a lot of the implementations from my point of view fail miserably because they forgot to include the whole uh, executive leadership. They forgot to really understand how do you translate the strategy in, into the operations. How do you basically make sure that the whole organization is working on the right direction? Um, how do you drive innovation? How do you remove impediments on the organization level? So for me, all these problems, and, and I found these problems after talking with, with, with several executives, I had the opportunity to interview several executives, identify what are your biggest problems in your organization. And to be very honest, not even one single person told me, oh, the agility. Right. Agility, agility for them is just a tool to achieve more money, to achieve more revenue, to make it, to create a fantastic organization where people want to, to work for. But agility, I, I, I saw Carl Scotland once in, in, in Varsau two or three years ago, and, and he, saw, he said something that he might not be the author of it, but the quote stayed here, which is basically, if I remember correctly, the agile is just a tactic, right? Uh, mm -hmm. the strategy is to become really effective, really powerful company, delivering really great products, making really fantastic stuff. But Agile is just a tactic. It's just a tool that you have to achieve a, a bigger thing. Um, and that's why I create Organizational Mastery and I'm developing this product of Organizational Mastery and I'm writing a book is because um, I have been implementing Agile for several years in my in my previous organizations where I worked as an employee now as a consultant and I want to bring something different to the game so I, I created and developed a product um, where basically touch five different things five different areas which is connecting strategy to the daily operations uh, reorganize the whole company to optimize for flow uh, make sure that we continue to improve removing the organization impediments and, and making transparent all the problems that we have in the organization sharing knowledge with community of practices and make sure that everyone has the opportunity to, to, to share the whole knowledge with each other and drive innovation. So basically this is a 12 month product that we did and the book is just basically um, yeah, an explanation of, of, of this product. Of those five themes, yeah. Yeah, the first, the first part of the book is, is really a much more theoretical way, what you need to do. Uh, my approach, what you need to do, what are the problems of the current organizations and how can we actually do it. And the second part is a, almost a step-by-step, -step, almost a case study of how you can do it in your organization based on what I'm doing with my customers right now. So I have, at this moment, my company has three customers where I'm deploying the whole approach. 
um, and, and this is what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to pass uh, on the book. Um, but this is, this is a hard project. So I, I, I really, I, here I did not play around. I really hired a public a publisher. I'm working on the weekly basis with my editors. We have phone calls every week. We really go through all the content. And now, by the way, I'm actually starting to release the chapter one by one to the whole bit readers. So I, I'm collecting bit readers on the weekly basis. And now every week, every two weeks, I will start to put a chapter out so that people can give feedback, which the first time it was this week, I already got almost more than 50, 50, 60 emails, which was fantastic of people replying to me, giving me extremely valuable feedback. And now I will just improve based on the feedback and continue. That's awesome. I mean, you're, you're, so you're obviously getting a huge amount of engagement if you're getting that many emails back from the- Yeah, this is what I was yeah. really, really, uh, I was really excited because if you get 50 people replying, pressing the reply button, you know, usually this is a very small percentage of people, mm. right? Mm. The ones that really take the time to press the reply button and, and give you an, an advice or, or a feedback. And yes, I, I got almost 50 people, which is extremely, it's, it's huge. Okay. So there's a couple of thoughts running through my head now. So you've talked about potentially the problems with the agile movement, but you're also saying that agile is just a tactic and, and actually you're addressing perhaps some um, broader questions at the business level that may be more interested in executives or interesting for executives. Mm -hmm. um, but if we just take the agile piece to begin with and, you, and your concerns mm -hmm. about where it's moving, I mean, the, the first statement, the value statement in the Agile Manifesto is individuals and interactions over processes and tools. So wouldn't, wouldn't that indicate that actually the, the most important thing for us to focus on within a sort of the Agile context is individuals or people? Definitely. So, so, Definitely. Why, so what's your critique in terms of, well, they're too interested in the fluffy stuff or whatever yeah, it is? Because, because if you go, if you go to, to conference nowadays, you know, there is so little, and, and, and the manifesto was, was very clear, right? Just because you have something on the left, that does not mean it's the only mm. thing that's important, it's important, right? It means that the people are more important than the tools and the process and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, let's not forget, your salary is paid with the revenue that the company makes. Mm. Right. So, and, and for me, I don't know, maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm trying to create something completely different. For me, treating the people with respect, making them feel awesomely well in your company, uh, creating the right environment, all this stuff, it's a, it, it's a, a pre-requirement. You cannot even do anything without that. Right. So for me, I think if the, the, the community nowadays is, 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 so much focus on this part and completely forgetting the whole part. So my critique is, for example, a lot of the job coaches, Chrome masters, um, complain that executives don't care with the job, executives don't care with, with agility, which I already explained why I think they don't care. But imagine this scenario, imagine that a bunch of CTOs, I'm working right now with a, a great guy, very, very, very important, executive level that this guy is actually sending me links a couple of weeks ago we sent me a link hey louis jeff Patton is coming to do Seldorf. this is interesting you know imagine an executive knowing jeff Patton. so this is not normal right but this and guy for is, people who are perhaps not familiar with jeff Patton, who's that yeah so jeff Patton is basically one of the guys that is doing the most from my point of view on on, on product ownership product development in the agile community 
Okay, so imagine this scenario, having a couple of CEOs or CTOs that, okay, I really, my company is going into the agile stuff, agile movement, agile direction. I really want to know a little bit more about this stuff. So I want to go to an agile community, agile conference. And these executives go to agile conferences. And during one entire day, there is no much, nothing about delivery, nothing about how to improve the organization, how to improve profitability, how to create an organization that actually delivers great products, and so on, so on. The whole entire day, it just listens about courage and psychologically safeness and hugging and games. And again, I want to be very clear because I know that when people will hear this, they will criticize me, but I don't care, but I want to be very clear. All this safeness, all this, this, all this stuff, it's a pre-requirement. I'm not saying it's not important. But I think the whole community is going to the fluffy side of the stuff and really forgets the whole delivery part, which actually pays their salaries. Mm. Right? So it, it's all about it's whatever the team wants. If the team does not want, we don't do it. What matters is making the team feel happy and the people feel happy. You know, and 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 I took I took a professional coaching training, which is very, very interesting. And 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 the way how they define high-performing teams is very simple. There are two, two angles. A high-performing team is a team that is high-productive and high-positive. So the positivity needs to be there, right? But if you have positivity, but you don't have the productivity, you are not a high-performing team. You are not delivering, right? So again, these two axes are very important. But I just think that the, the whole community is going into, into the the... the positivity part and completely forget the productivity part right it swung too far in that direction right yes yeah that's interesting because i because I, I i remember one of my first blog posts i wrote was about the, the feminization of the it department and this need mm -hmm. to embrace more sort of and then, you know there may be some reactions using this language but again, but more you know, feminine values and so perhaps you're suggesting that we've, we've swung too too far in that direction no because the thing is for example um all this feminization for me, it's it's a, there is a huge wave there, right? And and it's actually so part of a broader societal wave, I would suggest. Yes, right? but, well. but the thing that you see, I, I demonstrate my values in a completely different way. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I had a big discussion with a person uh, about uh, feminine uh, rights, lady ladies' rights in the IT and in the companies. And you know, I'm I'm based in Germany. Everyone knows that ladies in Germany pay gets 20, 25% less than men doing exactly the same salary. So there is a huge discrimination, right? And right now we are six people in Evolution for All. Um, five people, sorry. Two of them are ladies. And and the only, actually, those two ladies are the only internal people. So they are the only employees, if you don't count in me. And you look to their salaries, they get exactly the same amount of money that anyone outside of the company would get as a man, right? And more and more, I want to employ women because they are simply different. They have an, an emotional intelligence that men cannot have. They have the touch that men cannot have. They are 100 times calmer than men. They listen. They, 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 I really believe the potential of women, right? But I don't have this need. But but again, right? I'm not a woman, so I don't I don't feel the problems that ladies have in the society, right? But I don't go and talk a lot about women and, and, and so on. The way how I do, the way how I show my respect in, is acting, is really hiring the persons 
So 70% of my employees together with me are women. So this is how I show that I really appreciate ladies. The salaries are exactly the same as, as, as if they would be a man. And they clearly are telling me now, you are the best, the best employer I ever had in my life, the way how you respect and the way how we feel comfortable with you. And this is my way. And, and we come back to the same fluffy topic five minutes ago, right? So I treat them almost like family and I'm super careful. I call every employee every, every day. I text them, are you okay? Everything is sure because they are on the customers. I'm in a different side. So I, I'm, I'm here for them, right? And this is how you should do. You should not spend so much time, in my opinion, talking about so many fluffy stuff. I think you should spend more time actually doing something to enable that people are respected. Maybe it's a different way. Maybe their way of doing stuff is going to conference. But I just think the, 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 the whole community is going into a, a, a strange direction. Right. But they would argue that, they, that, that, that what they're advocating, perhaps, if let's say, you know, it's a particular game that builds intimacy in the team or, or, or deepens connections in the team, well, they would say that is doing something, right? That is, that is doing something that's going to have some tangible outcome. Yes, but again, I do this kind of stuff as well, right? The thing is, I, I don't see the need to, because for me, this is the pillar. Nothing works without this kind of respect, right? So you need to get this stuff done. And maybe, yeah, I know, there are companies out there that are really idiots, and I work in companies that I have bosses who are psychopaths, we really, and really I treated like shit, you know? And I know there is not, are a lot of not pleasant people out there. But I, I really feel that if we really want to be um, respected as a community, if you really want to convince executives, because now we came back to the same discussion, right? Mm. People sometimes comment, these executives don't have a clue about agility and so on. And they will never care, right? Because put yourself in the shoe of an executive, 500, 600, 1,000 people under you, and you go to the conference to understand more what is a job. And the only thing they do, it's, it's, it's talking about stuff that's not related at all with business results you know i know i'm very polemic a lot of people don't agree with my point of view but again it's my opinion no yeah it's it's it's, it's good to to share your opinions uh, and not to self-center so no uh but but i can i can i can certainly see where you're coming from yeah having experienced some of these conferences yeah there's definitely an uh a tilt towards the people side which and I think there is a case. I think one could make the case that we're that perhaps it's gone maybe, too far. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, you know, because to, to be very honest, I was very, very lucky a few years ago to to, to report directly to to an executive. And, and since then, now my daily work is with executives. So I, I don't work with teams anymore, right? So I, I lost quite a lot of contact on the daily work. Of course, I work with teams, talking with them and so on. But my work is mainly now with executives. And I see their concerns are completely different, right? So maybe I become more and more biased towards the executives and towards their language and towards their concerns. But, but then again, if I look back five, six, seven years, when I see where Agile was really making impact in organizations, right? We were not talking anything about this stuff. And people were really doing huge impacts in organizations. Right now, Agile went mainstream, and, and you know when it goes mainstream, it attracts everyone. Right. 
So the ones that are really interesting and the ones that most probably you would not like to have. But um, yeah, this is the price that we need to pay. Right. The, sorry, the price that we need to pay for what you think that in the process of it becoming more mainstream, some somehow it's changed its message, somehow it's become something else. Yeah, because to, to be honest, six, seven years ago, you would go to an agile conference and you really had hardcore people that they are so knowledgeable, so knowledgeable, so knowledgeable, right? Now we go to an agile conference, there are uh, a bunch of people, consultants that still think and do have the whole mindset and they now agile is, is the new flag to make money. They just take a certification and basically now they are agile and they call themselves agile coaches, right? So three weeks ago, I was completely attacked, but I don't care. I have my opinion and I will share it. I, I, I got one person that I saw, she basically was a, a cashier in, in Lidl without any education in, in computer science, without any experience in computer science. And she went from um, a legal cashier to an agile coach and yeah exactly that was exactly the reaction that I had and I, I said no wonder that there are so many agile implementations that are completely miserable and then I was completely attacked because people say you are uh, racist or you are or whatever it's not that was not even racist I don't remember so you don't like to give opportunities to people yes I love to give opportunities to people you know but agile coach is, is not something that you go from a cashier in Lidl and you become an agile coach. I was Scrum Master for six, seven years and the first time I become an agile coach, I had the balls to put the title of agile coach. The first thing I did, I went to take professional coaching training, one-on-one -on -one coaching training. I went to Liz Atkins training. I went to ORSC training. You know, I took so much training on coaching. And before that, I was six, seven years Scrum Master. And, and nowadays everyone is an agile coach without any clue what actually agile means and without even being a Scrum Master or a product owner, whatever. Right. So they haven't they haven't got the professional grounding to be effective. Yeah, because I, I think at the end of the day, another thing that I, I have a very strong opinion, a lot of people tell me, I, I believe that in my, let me start, in my company, I don't hire anyone that doesn't have a technical background. And a lot of people accuse me, oh, this is so stupid, there is a lot of people that, are not, that don't have technical background, they are great. And that's true. There's a lot of people out there that don't have technical background and they are great, but maybe it's 5% of them. And, and to be very honest, on the daily basis, like I said, I discuss with executives, but I have a lot of discussion with developers. And they still ask me for opinion sometimes for very technical stuff, like branching strategies, refactoring, design patterns, you know, and we all know the ones that work in the industry. We all know that software developers are tricky. I was a software developer myself. Sometimes we are difficult persons, right? So to get respected by software developers, it's very tough. So if you are coming from business or psychology or marketing and you try to go into Scrum Mastering or Agile Coach, you will have a hard time. Really, really hard time. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think a lot of people became agile coach without really the right knowledge. It's just a trend nowadays. It's a way to make money. Everyone is recruiting agile coaches, so let's recruit agile coaches, let's put the title and that's it. Hmm. Right. And this is why you were asking about organizational master in the book. And, and this is another reason why I try to create a more holistic approach. So I, I the whole idea of evolution for all, you know, when people come to us, 
it's no, we don't do agile transformations. So we we deploy we deployed our product, and the prior requirement is you need to already to have some strong scrum masters, agile coaches, and, and so on. Because my purpose is to solve much bigger problems and and and, and try to really use agile. Of course, agile is the pre-basic for everything, but trying to go in a much more holistic, holistic view, holistic way. Right. But almost by your same argument, what, what happens if an executive, if, you, if you're in front of an executive and you're saying, hey, I've got, um, I've got some views on how you should be running your organization, and they say to you, Lewis, well, you've only ever run software teams. You know, what, what, do you, what, what, what gives you the right to tell me how to, to run my company? What thinks you'll have insight into, into these broader questions? Well, I work in software industry for the, 50, the last 15 years, right? So I, I was a software developer, I was a scrum master, I was a team lead. Um, now I'm even doing line management in, in some of my customers, they asked me to take this interim role. Um, and I run my own company. And the thing is, of course, my own company is not a 500 people company, right? Um, but what I'm deploying or the organizational mastery, um, appeared, instances of it appeared in, in, in previous companies where I worked and where we deployed this and it was very successful. Um, and those are the examples that I have. Uh, and there are companies known in Germany. So this is, this is the way, um, this is the, the way I would approach. Um, I would not to be very honest, I would not, I don't, I don't think to be very honest that I would have this discussion with an executive because um, I'm very clear, I don't want to convince anyone. So if an executive comes to me and say, uh, what do you have to teach me about how to run an organization? This is already the, the wrong customer. So I'm not even in a going on that direction. So I'm becoming very selective with the people with whom we work. And there's this old saying that for someone to teach, for you to teach someone, that person wants to receive your trainings or your, your learnings. Um, but but one but you touch on 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 very interesting topic because being able to run my own organization and again it's a tiny 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 place right but still it's more than ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the job coaches out there a lot of the job coaches out there most of them they are simply uh, freelancers they never run an organization they are telling executives how to change their organization without being involved on, on the risk. So I have discussion every month, I have this similar discussion. So thank you so much for bringing this topic because uh, one of my customers right now was my, the, the CIO was my previous boss three years ago. And we went for coffee last week and this is so funny. And I told him, you know, three years ago, I told you to do something with your organization that I'm still wondering why you didn't tell me to screw me and bug off. Because now I look back and I realize how risky and how stupid it was if something goes wrong, the impact that has in people's life and employees' life, right? Luckily, he did not listen to me at that time. But this is the thing, you know, when you, it's, it's such a small thing, but it's such a huge thing. When you start to have people under you, under your payroll, right? And now at the end of the month, it starts to approach and you start to think, I need to pay salary to this, this, this person. They have mortgage, they have families, they have school kids, schools to pay, and so on, so on. Your life completely changed. The way how you approach people completely changed. 
And to be very honest, evolution for all is going now hit most probably within the next few months, we will hit 1 million euros revenue. And to be very honest, when you are a freelancer, scrum master, and you go to an executive saying, you know, you should do this, this, this. It's very normal that the executive look to this guy, yeah, but who the hell are you to, to talk to me in this way and tell me what to do? When you go to an executive and say, to do this, 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 who are you to talk with me in like this? I'm a guy that in one year transformed a company from 100K to 1 million. So I must know what I'm talking about. It's in a small company. I must have something to teach you because I really not a freelancer. I'm a business guy right now. And this, I noticed that it really gives confidence, right? Because this guy looks at you and say, okay, this guy already is doing some really good revenue. So he, he really needs to know something about what he's talking about. So it, it's, it's, this is my trick, right? So when people ask me why they should care and listen to you and not others, for me, it, first of all, it's my long experience, right? This is the, 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 the thing that I want to be listened for. But becoming more a successful person helps tremendously in working with executives. And once one executive told me my face, right, when I was Scrum Master, he really literally told me, Louis, who the hell are you to teach me what is right, what is wrong? You are a Scrum Master. I'm an executive of a company doing 500 million a year. So who, who is right and who is wrong? And definitely you listen and you hear this kind of stuff. Mm. Does yeah. mean that doesn't mean that is 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 completely right because you know it might be a, an executive of 500 million company, but he might be doing the completely the wrong thing because based on what the society needs now. Because this is a lot of a conversation that I have together with some of my colleagues around Paul. These CEOs are so stupid. These CEOs don't understand anything of agile. And I always now I'm very careful saying, be careful, right? If these guys are CEOs of company 500 one billion dollar company, they must be doing something right. Otherwise, they would not be there. Now, the conversation cannot go, you are stupid, don't understand anything, you say, no. You need to, to be in, in much more soft and say, I understand you are a very extremely successful guy, but you are where you are. What led you to be here? Maybe it will not keep you here for long because the whole society and the whole ways of organization are, are run needs to be changed. Right. So it's a completely different speech. Okay. And what are you looking for? In an, so for people, you talked about people being ready to receive your learnings. What are you looking for in an executive then? What, what, what are you listening for in terms of their readiness to take on your message? Um, so I've been working a lot lately during the last weeks. I've been working a lot on the messaging and the vision that I have for my company. And, 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 and as we discussed on, on, on this, before we start this, this, this recording was, I want to, I want to intuit Two, three years i don't want to be doing consulting anymore i want to be the face of the company i want to go to co to, to, to company to, to conference i want to go to, to companies to, to speak because the, the true mission the true vision that i want is a lot of people ask me why evolution for all what do you want to do and, and, and it's very clear i want to make an impact in the world i want to create a better world and a lot of people yesterday i got a comment from a guy i even did a video on linkedin say oh this is so altruistic and this is so fake and say no it's not altruistic it's not fake i really truly want to make an impact in the world and i'm starting with my company i'm making sure that people working with me are extremely happy are extremely positive are, are listened so that they go home happy and have great relationships with their family their friends and and, and all the people around them they go to my customers they spread this positivity, they change together with Evolution for All, the companies, and they want 
to make a change in the world so that people in their company, in the customer companies are happy, go home and have really great relationship. And then with this, we can have a ripple effect. So what I'm looking at an executive, I'm looking at an executive, I'm looking for people that want to make a difference. I'm looking for executives that they believe our company sucks, our company is not making enough money, I cannot pay more money than my competitors, I'm not doing revenue, we are not innovative, I want to create a company where everyone loves to be here. I want to create a company where people come to work and enjoy to be here. Of course, that's the way I want to make more money as executive because let's not lie, executives are people like us, they are looking for the results, they are looking when can we buy the next Porsche and so on and so on. Right, so let's not be hypocrite. But you can combine because everyone wants to have a nice Ferrari or whatever, a nice car, a nice living. But you can combine both. You can combine creating a better world. You can create making an impact. You can create a great organization and making the personal results. So this is what I'm looking in on, on executives. I'm looking for people that want to create fantastic organizations, highly profitable organizations, people that wants to create places where their employees are happy to come back and not this crap that I see so much in, in Facebook, people crying because it's Monday and celebrating because it's Friday. My dream is to, 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 to have people coming to work on Monday and say, yeah, cool, I'm going to work and I'm not upset on Sunday evening thinking, oh my God, tomorrow I need to go back to work. This is the people that I want to do because I want to be surrounded with customers that really want to help me to make a difference in the world. Right. Okay. Okay. But then I, I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, well, a lot of that is, sounds a bit fluffy when you talk about that being, being happy and going home and enjoying their work. So, yes, but that's the, that's the outcome. And this is how I prove that I really care with that. But this is the outcome. But to achieve that outcome, I have a concrete step-by-step -step program that I want to to deploy in the customers really concrete steps to make stuff happens, right? So I definitely talk on the on the fluffy stuff because for me it's very important people to be happy around me. But this is the outcome. That's not the, 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 the tool, right? And I think we should focus on the tool to get the outcome. So like I said in the beginning, I really believe on this positivity, the whole fluffy stuff, but we need to design organizations. We need to focus on the organizations to get the fluffy stuff, not the other around, right? I don't think that we need to spend the whole time talking about fluffy stuff without changing the system, changing the organizations to achieve that because otherwise we will not get it. Right, which kind of gets us back to the Greeks and the sort of eudonic happiness versus the hedonistic happiness. And, you know, this idea that actually the happiness comes as an outcome of some level yeah. of sort of suffering and hard work rather than than something you aim for directly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing that I find interesting about your story is you, you are from Portugal. Yes. You work in Germany. And we talked before about... The, the differences in the cultures. Can you touch a little bit on your oh, reflections? Don't make, me, don't, don't make me go there. <laughs> Other differences and how you adjusted. I mean, I think there'll be others in that position who might be interested to hear your story. Um, so I want to start stating that I love to work with, with Germans. They, they, are, uh, they are extremely, extremely, extremely direct. Um, and I need to work with direct people because I, I'm not a fluffy guy going around. I, I tell people stuff in the face. And this is what I love in Germany. So Germany people tell me stuff in the face and um, I love it because basically you take it and half an hour later if needed, you go for a beer. It's not personal. 
it's super cool it's business in portugal if you do something in the face start looking for, if it's a boss start looking for a new job it's 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 simple like that it's a very political very fake um very fake um way of working um on the other hand germans are very successful on on, on the process on the mechanical part and this is what really drives me nuts in, in, in the industry where we are working because um, they just follow the process. They just follow the rules, which for agile implementation, I think this is great when you start an implementation because at the end of the day, if you just follow the Scrum book, then you will be ahead of most of the organizations that try to put pieces here and pieces there. So in that sense, it's great. But I have so many teams and so many organizations that actually hurt themselves because they are already doing Scrum, they are already doing Kanban, and now it's time for them to start really thinking how to go to the next step and start to change the process to meet their goals and to make them faster. And they are trapped on the process and they say, no, this is how Scrum is done or this is how Kanban is done. And it's very hard for, for them to, 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 to go away. From this 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 trap, right? It's a culture that does not live very well with the not knowing what's coming front. It's a culture that really wants um, everything very detailed. Even if you send a, an agenda to a meeting, it needs to be very detailed to an agenda, which sometimes we don't even have a clue. We 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 need to think a bit what's coming, and as soon as you send an agenda, a meeting you need to have an agenda. But that, then again, they they. One thing I love here is it's a very powerful, awesome economy. There is a lot of money to do, to do a lot of really great stuff. Portugal, unfortunately, it's a country uh, and people are very honest here. So very honest, very transparent. And Portugal is, is a very warm country. Culture is, 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 is very friendly. You go to, to work. Some of my best friends in Portugal are my, were my previous bosses or my colleagues. In Germany, I was never able to make friends with, with workers. It's just a culture does not work like that. It's not, it's not a very warm culture, uh, uh, work-wise friendship. In Portugal, it is. In Portugal, we have something that there is no translation. There's no word for it, which is we call in Portuguese, uh, and this means it's a culture that does not matter how you do it, just get it done. So, and, 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 and that's why we are so chaotic. Um, so I really think that uh, half German, half Portuguese would be something that no one could beat because we would have all this strictness, really stuff from German, really order. And at the same time, we would get the shit done and we would just look for the solution. So half Portuguese, maybe, maybe my kids will have that. So half Portuguese and half German. Um, it will be a perfect, perfect, perfect um, um, mixture. But yeah, to be honest, I'm here for, for 10 years. I live in Germany for 10 years. Um, in so many sense, I'm much more German than Portuguese. So every time I go to Portugal, I struggle a lot. The way how business is done there, um, the way how people see it there. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, there's a lot of difference, but Germany is still a great place to be. Mm. And was there anything you had to change about yourself and how you operated to... To become more effective in Germany? Well, I changed a lot, but I don't, I don't know why, but for sure I changed so much. Um, 
I became more organized, definitely. So I was very chaotic and I needed to learn in order to, to, to survive and especially with customers. I was very much more before I was really going the flow. Now I know that they expect some stuff really upfront, but I already know. So I have to, I know that and then I prepare that and it doesn't really bother me so much. Um, what else I, I, I changed in, in Germany? I think that the, the chaotic becoming more organized was 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 really the the, the thing. Some people don't. So in Germany, it's very interesting. People love me or hate me because I'm very vocal um, about everything what I think. So I, I think you you know I wrote an article three two three years ago, five reasons why a job does not work in Germany, um, and 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 that article got one million views. So. Went till today, right? So, yeah, thousands and thousands of LinkedIn, hundreds of thousands of my personal blog posts, my post, and yeah, there was a lot of people hating me, a lot of people loving me. So I'm very vocal, but uh, to be very honest, I, I, I'm still Portuguese, and I'm very vocal about how Portugal has their problems, and I'm very vocal how Germany has their problems. But at the end of the day, I think. I'm Portuguese and, and, and I'm starting to prepare my return to Portugal. I will never leave Germany because it's, it's too damn good country to, 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 to live. I have too many good things here. Uh, but yeah, I miss my family, I miss Portugal, I miss the chaotic country, the chaotic culture. So I think, like I said, I will take the best of two worlds, half, half there, half here. And I think I will be able to, to really build something fantastic, taking the best of both cultures. Right. It's interesting what you say about being vocal, because I think as we move into this, I think we're moving with social me me media in, into a world where sort of personality really matters. Mm -hmm. So uh, for brands, having having strong personalities associated with the brand seems, seems to matter more now than perhaps it did in the past. Um, and so for you sharing about getting to writing a post that gets a million views, did you grow into being that outspoken and that confident, you know, in your in terms of your public speech? Or was that something you had, you know, or was that something you always had? And you just So when I was when I was 20 years old, my professors gave me a nickname in the, my university. And by the nickname, the nickname was Che Guevara. I think this pretty much says everything. Um, so I yeah. I never was able to control my, my, my mouth too much. Um, I speak faster than I think, and a lot of times I regret. Um, but nowadays, and, and still, I'm Portuguese. I'm very emotional. I, I put feelings out, but definitely something that I was always like this. And to be very honest, um, I tend to be more outspoken more and more, but I, I believe I put much more thought on it before I say something out. Um, because to be very honest, when you are younger, you are much more insecure. So you really think about, a lot about what people think about you. Um, now I'm next year, I'll turn 40. People like it or not, I came to Germany. I did not know one single person in Germany. 10 years later, I'm running a really successful business. I have so many contacts in the whole country. I lot I know a lot of people here, so I must be doing something good. 
Um, so, you know, I, I start to not care with what people say and I basically say out loud what I think. I'm kind of careful to not hurt people. Sometimes I know that I hurt, but even if you take a look into these five reasons why a child does not work in Germany, it's very, in my point of view, it's very well written from the point of view that even if I criticize a lot the culture, I'm still, I still believe that German will succeed. So it's just a matter of a new generation to take over and change the mindset. So, and, and I'm very positive towards how Germany will succeed in, in, in a few years, right? But a lot of people just take it wrong. But one thing is, is I learned in my life, you cannot please, this is something that my father was already teaching me when I was very, very young. You cannot please everyone. So you just need to choose your side. You need to choose in what you believe in and go straight forward. Um, and I have a lot of people sending me emails on a weekly basis. I love your the way how you are. I love the way that you don't take bullshit. I love the way that you say whatever you think. And you are making a difference. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, this is what counts. Right. And you, and you, you, you co-trained with me. We, we had a, I had the pleasure to train with you, uh, Lin Change in Munich. I'm not a political guy. You are much more political. Political, not political. You are British, so you are very correct, and, and you have all this Britishness, niceness, which I'm Portuguese and I don't have. And, and you know, if 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 I think something is not really aligned with what I think, I just literally say I don't have any problem with that. But um, I know that people will hate or people will love it. But then you are not hypocrite, and people will admire that. Right. No, I no, I get that. Um, but you talk about having had regrets. Is there, is there, is there, are there, have there been moments where you've you felt like you've gone too far, you've crossed the line, and you've been like, ah? Publicly, not 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 much. If I did not regret of the that blog post uh, about Germany, which people send me emails calling me an idiot, calling me an asshole, I, and I did not regret about it, I would. I think that was the the, the one that I I went the furthest. Uh, publicly, personal, of course, yes. Of right. course, personally, I hurt people and I apologize. Um, yeah, of course, publicly, I, 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 I went too far. And, and is it a process where you go, like, before you hit send or before you hit publish, you're like, I know I'm going to get some grief for this, but fuck it, I'm going to press not press anymore. Or, or, not, not or, anymore. Or is it you just like find this reaction after the fact? Not not anymore. Uh, I don't do that. So it's more, the, the problem is not the written communication. The problem is the, the, the vocal communication. Because if it's a written communication, I, I learn I learn with a couple of people that um, I, I don't, I wait one day before I write. And if it's something really, really provocative, I wait for one day and and then if I care with the person, right? If I care with the person, if it's a client, if it's a, if it's a person that I care, I wait. If not, I just reply immediately and, <laughs> and then I don't care. Um, but I, I, I learned going through this process, waiting one day, sleeping over the topic and the next day reply and then it, it's so much better. Right, but that could be you, someone could use you being a bit sociopathic. If you're if you're saying, well, if I don't care about them, I'm going to hit send, and I don't care if I offend them. Maybe. No, because uh, I I do it in the self defense. So if I do that, is because they attacked me. 
So um, I'm very public. I don't have any problem with that. Is 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 when I was in the high school, I was bullied a lot. So I was bu bullied. Um, and it's very interesting because at that time you don't even realize and after so many years you don't even realize and then I, I, some time ago I got a personal coach and you know this personal coaching you always go back to your childhood it's always back some some stuff in the childhood the whole your problems um, I had a brilliant 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 fantastic and family the success that I have today I, I, I'm convinced it's home it's because of the education that my parents and my brother gave to me but in high school I was bullied so um, and then I went to the university. The university was kind of fresh, fresh start. I was really popular in the university. I was able to get a lot, a lot of friends. And then I moved to Finland. In Finland, it's 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 not the most pleasant country from from the cultural point of view. I, I'm very open to it. I, I really struggle with the Finnish culture. It's a really Nordic culture. It's it's not easy for a person coming from Portugal. And I I, I got really hurted in many times. Uh, so. And, and, and my brain then triggered again and then said, okay, I'm not going through everything what I went through in the university, in the high school. So if someone tries to attack me, I'm not immediately defending myself. So if I, if I really attack someone, it's because I feel really attacked. And then it's just pure self-defense. I don't go full steam with someone that does not attack me. Okay. So it's social part. No, I don't think. I think it's more self-defense. Okay. Okay. I'm not well, you know, I don't want people that listen. This thing that Luis is sending is sending emails. I don't. I don't want the people that is listening the podcast thinking that Luis is sending daily emails telling people to to screw themselves. <laughs> it's just something that happens time to time. I think everyone, to be very honest, to be very honest, is is is. If you run a business, if you are exposed as you or me are, uh, if you if you have books out, if you have podcasts. People will attack you some way, right? Because you are exposed. So Veronica, my wife, she works with me, and, and she, she, she's one of the persons that take care of my email. So I, I usually only get the emails from stuff that is very addressed to me, and she forwards that to me. Um, and she receives emails that she told me several times. If I would get emails like that addressed to me, I would spend the whole day crying. You know, and um, so this is the kind of, 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 of emails. People really can be dicks. Um, and it's something that you just learn, you know, and, 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 and before and, and older I get, um, more mature I get, of course. And before I had this need to reply, now I more and more I start to ignore. I press the delete button and I don't even bother. Right. Okay. Um, and you know, now with this organizational mastery, right? This organizational mastery is something that I'm pretty sure will get noticed, right? It's something different. I, you know, I'm quite a, quite okayish with marketing, so I will push it very hard and and, and so on. And there will be a bunch of people complaining and, and criticizing. Yeah, this is less, and this is safe, and this is this, and this is that. And I want to be very clear. Yes, everything what is there is pieces and bits of here and there, of course. Right, is lean change, is community of practice, is portfolio, is OKRs, is uh, design thinking, Google Sprint, uh, lean change man, all this blah 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 stuff. Of course, but is, 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 this is what Jurgen says, which I really love, which is a mojito is made. Jurgen Apple for those who Apple, yeah. yeah. Uh, is what he says. A mojito is a mixture of ingredients out there that, when combined, they make really great stuff. 
And organization master is exactly the same. It's a bunch of things that are out there, but I create a unique approach to make sure that organizations work in three month cycle, implementing all this crazy stuff together in one unique approach. So yes, I'm not creating individual pieces. What I'm creating is the unique whole, right? I'm putting everything together. And I'm pretty sure people will send me emails and tell me that I'm an idiot. I'm not creating anything. Like read it this week and one of the one of the guys replied to the, the intro of my book. Tell me this is a piece of shit. You are not creating anything. Thank you so much. Right. And is it in moments like that that you're taken back to to high school? Do you, have you have you made that association? Is an yeah, but uh, at the same time, like Veronica, I got an email from that guy and 10 minutes later, I got an email because like I said, I got like 15 emails in two days. Five minutes later, like I got an email from a guy, Lewis, this is why I'm following you for so many years. Every time you put something out, the content is so extraordinary, so awesome, and you are really making a difference. And I, I love everything what you do, just continue. You know, and then it's just, ah, screw it. You know, I just forget. Um, and, 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 and yesterday was, was a day where a lot of people send a lot of negativity, a lot of negativity. And that's why I say, um, a lot of people tell me, oh, you are so lucky for the life that I ha you have. And I say, no, it's not luck. It's really hard work because I need you, me, everyone, Jürgen, David Snowden, these guys are, are very polemic and I, I love this kind of polemic stuff. They need to take so much bullshit on the daily basis. Everyone that does not like their way, it will criticize, you say bullshit. But if, when you look back and you see the people that are criticized, what the heck do they do? Right? Like was it was one guy yesterday because the, the intro was saying if after reading the intro, would you go and change a page to the to the first chapter? And one guy clearly said to me, No, this is a bullshit. And and you say that you are very agile, but uh, since the moment that uh, I subscribe until now. Um, it took me eight months. This is not agile. This is not slow. It's a fraud. Something like that. Okay. You know? So you just need to learn how to do it. Just screw it. You are here to make a difference and you will impact people's lives. And this is what you need to, to focus. All the rest, these, these guys will be frustrated the rest of their lives. They, they, they will be unhappy and we will hear changing the world, man. Who cares? Mm. Good message. Okay. Um, yeah, something I like to ask people uh, at the end of these uh, these podcasts is uh, is what to you does it mean to be human? That's a cool one. So I'm changing a lot, and and I'm very happy because I'm changing a lot. So. Um, it's very interesting because all my life I hold, I, I, I saw these this videos and everyone says, more you have, more you want to give. And I was, oh, it's such a bullshit. This is such a, a blah, blah thing. But, but now it's, it's so true. And, 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 and one of the things that I'm launching pretty soon in Evolution for All, we want to, to, to give much more to, to, the, to the community. And we, we start in our programs in giving water to schools in India. We started to invest in, in entrepreneurship training for ladies in Zimbabwe. And, and the whole idea of this is basically, it's, in a, it's, a, it's an association called Buy One, Give One. So basically, once some of your customers do something with you, you give back to the community. And, and for me, 
being human is 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 really starting to care with others is 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 really helping others to 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 be better than what they are is helping them to to become to have a better life it's 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 basically caring about others i saw so many people that they are so selfish they just only they only care with themselves and 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 now i'm having this and this is again you're saying it's fluffy and yes i care with fluffy stuff it's just a different way how i care but but this it's such a great feeling that actually more successful evolution for all is more i want to give to the community and those other people and it feels so good it really feels good you know and 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 i'm starting next month two months you know it's just a matter of we need to put the upside up and running for every this is so cool what I, what, what, people might think this is marketing but then again i don't care for every subscriber that comes to our mailing list i'll give water pour, drinkable water to school in zimbabwe for every book that i will sell i uh, will contribute with the scholarship for ladies entrepreneurship in other countries for every workshop that people buy from us we'll give another so it, it's like a, a scale higher the price it is higher it will so for anyone that will buy our organization master 12 months product most probably will build a school in timor that costs like five thousand dollars you know so and, and for me if everyone would I, I, so i don't want to play god here it's not it's nothing like that right um but if so many more people would give back right the world it would be so easy and it would be so much better and at the end of the day it doesn't cost you anything it's like this if you take a look into b1g1.com with few cents you are already contributing to schools you are contributing to drinkable water you are saving literally lives with few cents and and and, and this is ridiculous you know I, I i saw i saw yesterday how much money the 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 the, the, the biggest amount of money made in the whole world is 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 owned by a very small percentage of people but you don't even need to be rich to make a difference right and one of the view that one of the things that i want to start doing with evolution for i start with a very basic experience in 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 my birth in facebook i create a campaign a donation campaign where i ask 100 euros to save some dogs in portugal some really basic stuff and people ended up to give me 150 when i ask 100 and this is where I want to take evolution for all. So I will start little by little to do public campaigns. When I go to customers, I will ask customers to contribute to these things with few euros, few thousand euros, whatever the customers can give. And this is my strategy to really make an impact in the world, to create a better world. If I have the, the, the power to every time I go to a customer, I get few thousands of dollars to contribute to few hundred of people in Africa, in India, Zimbabwe, Indonesia, whatever. Man, little by little, I'm 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 doing my contribution, and if everyone would do the same, we would have such a much better world. Beautifully put. Okay. A lot well, of people accuse me, like I told yesterday, Richard. A lot of people told me, "Oh, this is just marketing bullshit." At the end of the day, like we said today, like we said today, I don't care, dude. You go to bed thinking that I'm doing marketing bullshit. I go to bed because I know that I help people. And I'm, I'm somewhere in the world that no one will never know me, but I help them. I have, I was able to provide water for them to drink water, portable water in the school. And um, this feels good at the end of the day. I don't care with what others think. I know that I'm contributing and I know this make me extremely happy.
fantastic. And for those of you who'd like to hear more, so we'll, we'll make some, some listings below for organizational mastery, mm -hmm. your personal blog, your, yeah, your, your, your company site, <laughs> uh, Evolution for All. Uh, and then you said B, B1, G1, right? Yeah, that I really highly recommend. So it's it's um, it's a very interesting. Uh, it's based in Singapore. Those guys are based in Singapore. I, I just there are several of them. I just got B one G one because I I got a, a business mentor in, and he highly recommended me. The way how it works is you pay a yearly fee four hundred for five hundred dollars. So for for okay, people have salaries there and so on. So you pay for the salaries and then all the donations that you give hundred percent goes straight to the causes. So they don't take any. Money that's, a, that's a great model, isn't it? So you, so it's really clear to you, like which, which part yeah, of your very administration and which is going to the the cause. They yeah. are very transparent. You pay if you are one one sole entrepreneur, it's three hundred, four hundred. I pay five hundred, six hundred, something like that, because we we are until ten company, and then they create a company account, and actually every employee has an account so that you can have an app, and every employee in your company can just donate. It feels good. You wake up in the morning, goes to the app, and puts five cents. $5, $10. So you really have a ripple effect in, in your company. And they are very clear. $600, it's the yearly fee you pay every year. And then after that, all the donations is 100% directly to the causes. They don't take any money. That's awesome. Yeah. And does it, right, and do, do they do they get into ranking? Because I know that's, there's a there's a movement now, isn't there, to to rank you know, the the impact of your money, right? So how much? How so they don't it? they don't rank, but they do something very interesting. That is what I'm going to 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 ramp up in evolution for all side. They give you a, a Google map of your impacts. So it's it's a very interesting widget that you put on your website, and for every impact, you have a Google map to show you every impact that you did. And you have uh, a widget that tells you how many impacts you already caused in the world and which impacts are they. Um, and basically that you can have a widget um, and put it on website. That's what I'll do because then you can create another widgets, which is kind of campaigns. So for example, you know, I do a lot of marketing with email. So one of the things in the future is on Christmas or something like that, I will drive a lot of the traffic to my company to ask people to contribute with $1, $2 to causes. And even if it's on my website, it's, of course, the money does not come to me, it goes directly to, to the B1G1 and they will transfer the money to the whole causes that people will do. So it's a very, very well smartly done thing. It's very easy, very, very easy to give. So only if you don't want to give it, it's, there is no way that you cannot it, that you can find an obstacle to not give. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for being so so honest and open in the in the course of this discussion, and uh, and polemical as well. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to the reactions. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and uh, thank you, and have a great day. Thanks again. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, man. Bye, bye. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.